0: Thank mm-hmm. you. This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. Just know that we've prayed for you before the show. We always pray that the Holy Spirit would guide the questions that we ask, the questions that are the answers that are given, because we don't want this show to ever be about what we want to hear. We want it about what our Heavenly Father wants you to hear each and every day. So just know that we've prayed for you.
1: That's right, Jim. And uh, speaking of prayer, we have a prayer team. And if you um, have a desire in your heart as a listener to be a part of our prayer team at I Work For Him, just go to our website, IWorkForHim.com, and go to the contact page, and there's an option there to join the prayer team And we would love to include you in that very specific group that um, just takes the prayer for all that I Work For Him does, but also for our listeners and all that is involved in their lives in um, a more specific way. So IWorkForHim.com is the website. And I actually said contact page, but it's actually when you subscribe to our um, blog and the podcast newsletter that we send out on Fridays, Jim. That's where the option is to join the prayer team.
0: Hey, shout out to all of our stations and all of our listeners on radio, terrestrial radio all over Tampa Bay, all over Jacksonville in the First Coast and all over Hampton Roads, Virginia. And of course, to all of our podcast listeners around the globe. I think we gained a new one today in Jerusalem based on the <laughs> conversation we just had. But here's what I want you to keep in mind. Millennials, They matter. Do you want to know how I know this? Well, I've got two millennial children, and they tell me that they matter. (laughs) Also, I'm aware that the millennial generation exceeds the population of the boomer generation, and the majority of this millennial generation is now in the workplace. So what do we do with them? How do we interact with them? And more importantly, how do we mentor and disciple them? And really what I want to know is how come we're having a conversation about this because we never did this with any of the other generations. Hmm. Today we handed off... To, to two phenomenal ladies out of North Dakota and Minneapolis to have a conversation about millennials from a mom's perspective with a daughter chiming in. We've got Martha and myself along with Danita Bai and Danae Bai joining us on the air today. They're, they're mobile on the road today. Danita hails from North Dakota, Danae from Minneapolis, but they're on the road today in Branson, Missouri. Ladies, Danita and Danae, welcome to I Work For Him.
2: We are delighted to be here. Thank you. We
3: are indeed.
0: So you know, Branson, Missouri. Just you know, a little plug there for Branson, Missouri. One of the greatest places to go for decent entertainment. What's on the docket for you guys to go? What kind of entertainment are you going to go see in Branson, Missouri?
2: Well, actually, Gordon is figuring out what we're going to be doing. The uh, the one of the key reasons that we're here is that the. International headquarters for a nonprofit called Convoy of Hope is located in Springfield, Missouri and we're taking a tour of their facility tomorrow. They are Christian first responders. So hurricanes, tornadoes, any disaster, uh they are a Christian first responders organization. Excellent. And so we're taking a tour. Uh, I have met Hal and Dory. They are incredible people of faith, and uh, so we're going to be there in support
1: of them. Mm, that's right. fabulous. Now you mentioned that Gordon is going to pick out shows for you. For our listeners, that is your husband, and he is going to be the, my husband. And he's going to be the tour guide. Then he gets to pick, and you yes, you get to go.
3: I think awesome. that's a Dolly Parton spectacular tonight, though. That's oh. one of them wow that's excellent. Will, will
0: dolly parton be there though that's the question
3: i i doubt it but we'll we'll hope for the best
0: okay <laughs> we'll hope the, we will hope for the best all right so let's just go get into our conversation today we always start up the conversation and Danita, you've been on the show but it's been a really really long time since you've been on the show right after your book millennials matter uh, rolled out why don't you give a quick update to people how did you become a jesus follower
2: You know what? It seems like that is a journey. Um, I, when, when my family was, when I was about two, two and a half, three years old, uh, my parents decided we need to start getting involved in a church. And I believe that as I have reflected over my uh, walk with God, that even as I was a two- or three-year-old, I made some decision for Jesus mm-hmm. in that Sunday school class. Therefore, I am a huge proponent that we need to be sharing um, sharing Jesus with young people. And then when I was uh, nine or ten years old, uh, I went to Bible camp, and I remember the very first Sunday night, uh, when the pastor uh, asked for a people who wanted to give their life for Jesus, I was the first one up the aisle. So I'm a huge fan of camps and um, experiences that give uh, young people in, an opportunity to hear and respond. And then uh, I had another dramatic experience when I was uh, 13 years old where I had started to, going through rough junior high years, had been thinking about suicide, and in the midst of a very dark night, I called out, God, if you are there, I need you now. And um, that night, uh, my life changed from being very gray to being uh, high-color definition, because of the Lord's presence in my life.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Now, so, grew up
2: it's at, been, a, been a journey. And <clears throat> you
0: grew up in Western North Dakota, correct?
2: I did grow up in Western North Dakota. Yes, which, on account of is
0: Which is the oil fields now of North Dakota, but they weren't oil fields back when you were growing up, were they?
2: They were not oil fields when I was growing up. In fact, uh, we had, uh, I grew up in a uh, kind of an 800 square foot. Uh, uh, I call it kind of a home check, uh homeshed shack <laughs> mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. as compared to uh what we live in today's uh I was grateful that I got uh running water and uh, indoor toilets when I was 13 years old uh but this was really uh a remote part of the world it's still remote but it was really remote back then
0: You didn't have indoor plumbing till you were 13
2: until I was 13 years old, so we had a, uh, we had used an outdoor buffy, biffy, and, uh, I grew up in Finnish territory, so I took a sauna every single Saturday night, whether it was 13 below and the wind was howling, or if it was 113 above and we were sweating like crazy, we still took a sauna every Saturday night.
1: Wow. So, you know, just a good little peek into <laughs> into life on the cattle ranch, where a lot of people may never get an, an exposure to. Um, so thanks for sharing with that. So where in your life, then, did um, Gordon enter the picture? Well, I had,
2: um, I left North Dakota, went to university, went to a private Christian university in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. By God's amazing providence, uh, this little ranch girl who knows nothing is uh, hired on by a Fortune 100 company, Xerox Corporation, mm-hmm. uh, in the world of sales. And they sent me back to North Dakota uh, to sell to the people who were in North Dakota, um, and there I, went, I met Gordon.
0: Now, you guys have how many kids, Danita?
2: We have three children. Uh, We have uh, Danae, who is with us today, uh, is our youngest. And we have uh, Weston, who's uh, married to Maria and has uh, one little guy named Dexter. And then Brittany, our oldest, is uh, uh, married to Brady, and they have three children. So all brought, living in Minneapolis.
0: That's very, very cool. And you, uh, you brought your daughter Danae with you today. Why don't you introduce Danae for us?
2: Well, uh, Danae is. Uh, what did I say about? Well, we just. I, I think we have to engage Danae and to find out about her. She. Is, well,
0: tell us what. Okay, you got thirty seconds. So you don't get all. all yeah, you know, I know. You're supposed to be. You know. <laughs> It, it, talk Just to me about, what it. was it about Denae? You said, I want Denae involved in today's radio conversation.
2: So what I love about Denae is her ability to see, even though she's 26 years old, she has the ability uh, to see trends. She has an ability to communicate and see what's happening in the culture and how people are responding to that. She is a deep deep woman of faith who has traveled the world, and she has a high adventuresome spirit.
0: Danae, just a question for you. So your mom built you up pretty good there. Talk to us about you making that connection between your faith and your work. Was there a point in time in your life that you gave your that you gave your life to Christ, but then all of a sudden you made that connection between your faith and your work?
3: Well, I grew up with a mother like Danita, so I think I... Um, that was instilled into all of us very strongly that um, wherever you work is your mission field. Um, And so then going through from when I was, I had a similar story about when I was about one of my earliest memories of accepting Christ Um, and then in college I was involved with crew. Mm -hmm. Um, Very very strongly trying to instill us um, the importance of wherever we're working that we're bringing the gospel to wherever we are Um, and the importance of doing that. Um, I went um, abroad with crew to Paris for a year, again, just talking with a lot of students, learning that wherever we are is our mission field, and just to make that an important part of wherever we're going. Mm. So
1: then, bringing us to, to, to today, Danae, what do you do on a daily basis to, uh, to support yourself?
3: So, currently, I was most recently working at Feed My Serving Children, which is a non-profit yes. um, located outside of, in Minneapolis. Um, And so I was working there, and then I developed an allergy to soy, which is one of the main things that we work with. So I am no longer working there, and then I'm looking for a job. It's been a little while. just looking for a place where I feel like I can best serve God. Um, And so I've been just looking for jobs. My sister had a child, so um, about three weeks ago, I've been helping her out, hanging out with um, her family, doing that.
0: So, so um, what are your skill sets? What what's your real gifting? So that everybody listening today go, hey, listen today, I's available. Well, everybody your... can
3: hire me. Um, <laughs> no, so I um, I studied food science when I was in school, and so I just have a passion. Um, I went to Tanzania a couple years ago, my junior year of high school, and I just saw how God can use food to bring um, His Word to people, and so I kind of see um, food as a way to bring yeah, Jesus to different people around the world, whether that's in working for General Mills or whether that's working for a nonprofit anywhere in the world. And so right now I'm very wide-stretched for where I'm working. I'd love to work more with people. I love people, talking with people, meeting people, um, and then just helping out in really whatever ways I can.
0: Well, you, you could also just be the media liaison for your famous mother, Danita Bai. <laughs> Danita, that was, talk
3: to us. Always an option. That's always. right. Always an option.
0: So, Danita, you wrote, uh, it was released early last year or late the year before. You wrote the book Millennials Matter. And, and I really, I mean, I know you've got a heart and a passion for equipping senior leaders to coach, mentor, and disciple upcoming leaders, these emerging leaders. Where did you get so passionate about investing in these emerging leaders in the millennial generation? There have been so many
2: different instances where the Holy Spirit began to catch my attention and say, Danita, this is a priority. It actually started, I did a commencement speech for my alma mater. The president came up to me afterwards and he said, Danita, that is the best commencement speech I have heard in 28 years you really understand this generation and know who cast is And I said, I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then shortly after that, uh, my son, Weston, who was 23 at the time, uh, had been to a leadership conference, and I was debriefing the conference with him. And he's, uh, you know, he, I, I call him my... Uh, let's have an energy drink for for breakfast, son. I mean, okay. he's, he's excited about everything. And so he's excited about this speaker and this idea. And right in the middle, he stopped. And his voice shifted, and there was a gravitas and an urgency that I had never heard from him. And he said, Mom, you must prioritize passing your leadership wisdom Onto the next generation. You know, so when you get a message like that from your son, I knew that this was the Holy Spirit who was inviting me to shift and to refine my focus to one of the greatest stewardship responsibilities that we as leaders have, and that is to invest in the next generation.
1: Mm. You know, so powerful because, you know, so many of us in, you know, Europe here to Jim and I, and we look Mm -hmm. at our kids and a lot of people will say, well, we care about the millennials because we have some, but I love that you, you know, that um, your son saw in you something that his generation needed to have passed on and so much greater than um, just the, you know. The mom, the but he saw in you what God has instilled in you about leadership, and so then that led to the writing of the book. Is that correct? It did. That's when I started. Uh, when
2: uh, I started writing about the same time that I uh, moved back to mm-hmm. North Dakota from Minneapolis, and I actually started it out as Dakota Leadership because I was thinking about. What are these lessons from our roots that have built us that we can use as um, teaching training mechanisms to transform and strengthen and build up this generation?
1: So Danae, as your mom was writing this book and then it released, where where were you in this process and how did you feel about the content of what she was putting out?
3: Um, I always think it's, cool and inspiring to have people in your life who are also inspired to help other people. And Mm -hmm. so I think around this time, though, I was in college and all caught up in that. Probably actually, (laughs) that's something when I was living in Paris, so I was actually pretty, pretty far removed in a way. But um, it was definitely, she involved us a lot in um, just getting our opinion, which is also cool to have um, an impact in what she was doing and being able to have an impact on that as well.
1: And did you feel like she had a pretty good take on um, representing the Millennials?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think um, I know a lot of people that, were, that are used as their ideas in the book. And so a lot of those people I definitely relate strongly with as being a Millennial myself in what um, is talked about, having just a grasp without not necessarily talking to us even about what Millennials are feeling and going through. Um, throughout just uh, finding their place in the business field.
0: Mm -hmm. So, tonight you've been working in the nonprofit world, and you're looking to find a job somewhere away from soybeans (laughs) in in, in, in your future job. (laughs) Yes. So talk to us about what what have you seen as you, you know, you're you representing the millennial generation today, the female side of the millennial generation, which obviously you're going to look at things differently than the male generation because we look at things very differently, men and women. Talk to us about what you're seeing out there. What are the biggest needs of the millennial generation?
3: Oh, I think, so what I, I talk to a lot of my friends about just what is going on in their jobs, different things like that, and I do hear a lot about just people not having direction in what they're doing and not having just the leadership that they desire um, in whatever jobs that they are in. And so I always think that's very interesting when I'm able to talk to them and see direct correlations between what we're talking about as a family, about this book, and then also what I can see from um, talking to my friends as well. And just a need for direction or kind of what the desire is to be heard um, as well in their jobs.
0: So when you look at the, just the, the jobs that you've had, and, and Danita, maybe just, you just jump in on this one. I mean, you saw a need, and Weston saw a need, for the passing on of wisdom from one generation to the uh, to the next. You being a very young boomer and, and your kids being millennials, I mean, how did you go about even compiling what wisdom to pass on? Because obviously it's not your technology wisdom, because the technology that we grew <laughs> up with, well, you grew up without a toilet. I mean, seriously.
3: Okay.
1: But
0: but you know, but sorry, I just had to throw that in there. You That's did. just awesome. You
1: did. That was kind. So,
0: but I mean, what I mean, how did you determine what kind of wisdom need to be passed on?
2: Well, we can find wisdom and leadership in looking at Jesus and his leadership and looking at the uh, the so many wise leaders Uh, in the Bible. as uh, My master's is in transformational leadership from Bethel Seminary. So it's an integration of leadership studies and biblical studies. So I spent three years uh, looking at the leadership characteristics, and one of the keys is always the character of the leader.
0: We've got Danita Bai, who's been on the air with us, talking about her book, Millennials Matter, a couple of times in the last year, and she's got her daughter, Danae Bai, on the line with us today, and she's a millennial. We're out there in industry, but Danae, you just, I I, want to try to figure this out. So you've got a degree in food science.
3: In food science, yep.
0: Okay, so how in the world, knowing the food science part of it, did you not see this allergy to soybeans coming, because that's science.
3: I think it might have developed over time a little bit. Slowly, my voice started to get lower and lower as I worked there. So <laughs> I decided, I think, I think it was about time to leave, though. But.
0: Okay, so you're out there looking for a job. Why don't you give, give a plug? This is like a verbal LinkedIn right now. Go <laughs> ahead, and because everybody listening to this show knows how we would never have somebody on the show that we didn't love and appreciate. Talk to us about what kind of job you're looking for and, and, and which part of the country you're willing to live in.
3: All right, well, first of all, I'm willing to live most places. I love Minnesota, but I've recently been looking at all around the country, Um, and I love just helping people, especially in gospel-centered companies where I'm able to serve people, serve the Lord. Um, Mainly I'm looking for jobs where I'm able to interact with people on a large scale, I'll be able to talk with them, be able to help them out, no matter if that's in a big way or a small way. Um. Also, another thing that I've learned that I really appreciate is getting to interact with people who need, who have the most needs. And so I love getting to help people from, currently I volunteer at a memory care facility every week, so I love getting to do that. I love helping out with refugees. Um. So that's kind of where my passions are right now. If anybody wants to contact me, my email is Danae, D-A-N-A-E, that by B-Y-E at so that's a little bit about me.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Know, nice I
0: again, I,
2: I, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to add a couple of other things from a parent. Of
0: course, as a mother, you of course would yeah. like to do that.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Denae was, uh, did a year long stint with crew in Paris and was there during the initial terrorist attacks. And, in the midst of what was happening in the country and in a uh in a country that is not um necessarily warm to the gospel or even interested in the gospel, um she was you know reaching out uh to build relationships so she um has this from an international experience has spent time in paris and uh, spent time in Tanzania and Thailand and Nepal and has had some um, kind of frontline experiences sharing the gospel and serving uh, people who are in need.
3: Mm.
2: So, and then plus, in addition to that, when she was at the university, spent four years, three or four years. Uh, discipling young women coming into the university setting.
0: So you so. already get the whole passing on to the next generation today. I love that. So, Danita, let's go to the conversation with you today. We're talking about, you know, you've got this passion, you and you described it in your book, Millennials Matter, which I encourage people to get, get a copy of Millennials Matter. You've, but your passion is passing on wisdom and knowledge and really, In walking alongside the next generation, the millennial generation, talk to us, why is it so important, this focus on the passing on of the wisdom?
2: We live in a crazy, chaotic world. I have an article coming out talking about how to in a world of Artificial intelligence and robotics and all this incredible technology that is shifting and changing at, uh, breakneck speed. How do we lead well? And I think it for our culture, you know, our culture can get so caught up in the, in the, 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 the excitement of the technology that we, forget or we don't emphasize or we don't realize that we are humans that are made in God's image and that we will be our best when we are aligned with who our Creator has made us to be. So we we live in this culture that's where there's this incredible uh, dynamic going on. And in the midst of that kind of chaos and rapid growth that's happening, that we have always need God's wisdom. But it's especially during this time um, that uh, we need uh, people who can lead uh, wisely Mm. and who are are grounded in their faith.
1: So, with that in mind, and one of the things I want to just point out about the book, and then I've got a question for you that I want then Denae to, to follow up with as well, is the book you, that you wrote out of this whole conversation, Millennials Matter, is really a help for the generations that have come before the millennials to help them lead this next generation and emerging leaders. Isn't that true?
2: it really is it's a uh a ha- i call it a handbook mm-hmm. i did it so that you could go to any page and on that page you're going to find an idea that will spark a conversation with the up and coming leader that you're working with so it's really designed to be a practical rubber meets the road right. uh handbook for people who are frustrated
1: Okay, so let's talk about that fr- frustration, and the first thing I want to cover is some of the misconceptions that are out there about millennials, because they're getting a bad rap when people use the word millennial. They they put it into there. So, um, Danae, what do you think are some of the misconceptions about your generation that you want our listeners to hear?
3: I think a lot of people view the millennial generation as being pretty lazy, not really caring, not having a lot of ambition. Um, and not really caring that much Well, I don't think that's true I have a lot of friends throughout college and throughout I am right now who definitely have a desire about where they want to go I think some of them maybe just the way to find that path maybe it's getting confusing along the way but definitely still have a drive and a passion to succeed and to move and to have a future similar to how it would have been a couple of years ago I think that is shifting a little bit, but I do think there's still that drive there.
0: What about your perspective, Danita? Those misperceptions out there, misconceptions.
2: Well, uh, the fake news has labeled all 73 million as lazy, narcissistic, and entitled. Hmm. Uh, And that is not true. In fact, uh, I would say it's offensive, um, because God has wired each person uh, to be individual and have a unique gift. Um, I had, uh, uh, on our motorhome trip, uh, happened to run into a, um, a man in Nashville. He was about 73 years old. He was, when I mentioned the word millennials, he rolled his eyes. Um, and he said, 10 words or less, tell me why millennials matter. And I said, if millennials matter to God, they have to matter to us.
3: Mm.
2: And um, his next question gives you an insight into this person's spiritual life. He said, if they matter to who?
3: <laughs> I said, uh. if they
2: matter to God. And, he, you know, he was, uh, you know, that was the one he kind of went away and, you know, he
1: uh, you switch topics. Huh. Uh, so, I, so I have, so I have a, 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 I don't know if it's a revelation, but something that Danae said just kind of clicked for me. You know, you said a lot of people think of your generation as being lazy and not caring. But in the in truth, our generation always wishes that we were better at slowing down and enjoying the process of life. And I believe that your generation has caught that from their parents more than likely and said, you know what? I don't want to wait until I'm in my 50s to enjoy um, and breathe, smell the roses. I, I guess yeah. that's a simple way to say it. Danae, what do you think about that? Do you think that you guys are actually maybe a little bit wiser in that area because you've watched other generations maybe um, not uh, live life the way God intended?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I think even in... Like a lot of a lot of my friends who are looking for jobs and have jobs, work-life balance is one of the most important things that they're looking for
1: um, mm-hmm. because
3: they don't want they like want to work hard when they're there and they want to do that, but they don't want to have to go home and only think about work or be working 80-hour plus weeks, not being able to spend time with their family. And so I do think that's a very important part, just being able to live in a world where we're able to travel and see the world that God has made. Um, And then also being able to work. So being able to tie those two together, um, I think, is very important in just how we live our life.
0: You know, Danita, the news is full of stories about emerging leaders that are part of this millennial generation. Not so many of them are positive emerging leader examples. You know, there's a couple of notable ones out of Minnesota that get some untouchables. You know, some really bad attention, and a couple out of New York City that constantly are in the news. How do we get the focus on what God is doing in the millennial generation instead of what the news says is important? Because you're seeing God do move in amazing ways within the millennial generation, aren't you? Absolutely,
2: and uh, in fact, um, I on a consistent basis run into um, evangelists. Uh, who are saying that this generation is the generation that God is going to breathe on and bring revival? Right now, we don't know. However, um, it inspires us to keep looking and to stay engaged, no matter what God's plan is. Uh, we want to stay engaged with the millennials that God has put in our life. You know, I think of I just look at myself, uh, kind of before, before the Holy Spirit started to get my attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I get up in the morning and I got a gazillion to do lists, and I'm checking things off my to do list. And never did I have on the to do list who is the emerging leader leader in my life that I need to pay attention to today.
0: Danita, right before the break, you're talking about on a daily basis, you realize that you just need to pray, Lord, who, who is the emerging leader that I need to invest my life into today? Why that prayer?
2: Well, as I see it, when we are standing before the throne and we are held accountable for all that God has gifted us, Um, One of the areas that we will be called, I believe that we will be called to ask about our stewardship is the passing of the torch to the next generation. And obviously that involves our family, that involves friends, it also involves employees, it involves People that we encounter on a regular basis, are we being faithful of passing the torch? And, uh, I just know for me personally, I have, I am attracted to high potential leaders. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Lord has put some people in my life that it's like, I'll pull my hair out. It's uh it, and I'm going, okay, God, I believe that you have put this young person in my life for a reason that not only they would have some things to
1: learn that but that I would also have some things to learn, oh, so being willing to learn in it yourself really does set you up to be a good mentor and a disciple maker with um, emerging leaders as well. So we can all learn from that. So you have a a specific story that you want to share with our listeners where you've had some involvement with a a younger emerging leader lately and the conversation you had. Tell us about that.
2: Uh, Thank you uh, for asking because I had, uh, last week uh, I had one of the – leaders who was, uh, for Millennials Matter, I had 12 millennials review the entire manuscript and give me feedback on whether they thought I was on track or off track. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those millennial leaders um, gave me a call asking for career advice. And uh, she had wanted this promotion. Uh, She'd talked with her boss about the promotion. She had talked with some other influencers. She was not getting anywhere. And basically uh, she said, Danita, as I've looked at my options, I need them to um, promote me or I need them to pay for my schooling. I mean, she had listed out these four options. So she had her track laid out. Tremendous clarity, which was impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I began asking questions um, about her boss. So I said, um, so uh, talk to me about your uh, your boss, his name was Jim, uh, about uh, some of the financial pressures uh, that your boss missed. Hmm. Well, uh, well, uh, how- how do you think your boss, had one of his top employees, in time with the goals that the company has? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I I guess I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that either. And so it was through this conversation that we um uh and and. It, So that she identified she needed to get a deeper understanding and to walk in the shoes of her boss, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I mean, that's a lifelong leadership lesson for all of us. No matter where we're at, is um, is that we need to seek to understand the other person. We need to seek to get to the truth of what's happening and then when we do we can start to create some uh, synergistic um, options and opportunities for moving forward so that's a lesson for all of us not only Millennials and emerging leaders but also for us as senior leaders
0: that's a gr- it's a great reminder that, that, that just walk in the shoes of your boss that perspective, it's just, it's, that's just not being selfless. I mean, selfish all the time. Danae, here's a question for you. You happen to be a millennial who's been invested in your entire life to be prepared for leadership. <laughs> you're surrounded by millennials that didn't grow up with a mom and a dad that stayed married. You're surrounded by millennials that didn't have great home lives. Um, that You're surrounded by millennials, most of which had indoor plumbing unlike your poor mom. <laughs> Talk to us about the difference between a millennial that's been invested in all their life versus in a, a millennial that's really that, that's never had a, a, a powerful influencer, whether it's a mom, dad, or or a leader invested in them. What's the difference?
3: I think it has a lot to do with believing in yourself too. So I remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was talking with somebody who was on the older side. I don't remember exactly.
0: Wait, we but, don't say but, older but, on the show. We okay. say chronologically <laughs> superior. <Go
3: on. laughs> She was chronologically superior than me. Um, but she was, like, talking to me. We were having a great conversation. And then she was like, oh, you're not like most millennials. And I was like, well, what does that mean? She was like, well, most millennials are whatever. So, like, the stereotypes. And to me, if you're a normal one of my friends who grew up the way they did and you're hearing that every day, then you don't really have a lot of faith in yourself to also succeed. So, I think just, um, just seeing that difference and having people who believe in you makes a huge mm-hmm. difference in who... And just in your goals and what you strive to do, what you strive to be. And that's what I've seen as one of the biggest differences there.
1: And that really ties back to the book that your mom wrote, Millennials Matter. Because um, if those friends of yours and peers that didn't have anybody speaking into them could then get a boss or a leader in their life that used this handbook Millennials matter to invest in them, what a difference that can make for this next generation. Danita, isn't that like the full cycle of what you're what you're hoping to be accomplished?
2: And isn't that true? Isn't that what Jesus does for us? Mm. He he looks at us and he sees what can be when we are at our best. So uh, can we, might we also give that gift to others, even though they've tripped and they've fallen and they've messed up and seem to be floundering? Might we see the gift and the talent that God has placed in there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and just start to pull that out?
0: Danae, one of my last questions for you today. Talk to the millennials that are out there listening that are saying i need some advice what kind of advice or wisdom would you share with the millennials that are out there working in the in the marketplace that are that are out there trying to find a job like you are some things that you've learned at a very young age
3: i think one of the most important things is finding counsel finding people that are willing to guide you to lead you and there's a lot of those people out there i think same with how it's hard to ask for somebody to mentor you or to lead you Um, it's hard for them to ask you so I think it's important to just take a step to um, just acknowledge that you need somebody in your life who is guiding you and leading you uh, and just building you up both as a Mature Christian and a mature person in the business field as well.
1: Mm. And I love that coming from your peer because um, so many times we hear that from someone um, that's chronologically superior than us. But to hear it from <laughs> um, out of out of your mouth means a lot. So, Danita, in less than a minute, tell us something that you wish that you could that your younger you would have known. My younger. Danita would have
2: learned earlier on about the importance of listening to other people, truly hearing them and understanding them and seeking truth. Mm. Because it's when we do that, when we when we seek to listen and to understand, we build trust, we build relationships. Uh, We learn, we can come up with synergistic, collaborative uh, relationships. So to become a listening leader.
1: Those are some good words that we can all learn from um, and not have to uh, wish that on ourselves someday later on down the road. Thank you.
0: And if somebody wants to get a copy of your book, Danita, they can go out to your website, right? DanitaBuy.com to get a copy. Is that correct?
1: They can go to
2: uh, Danita D A N I T A B Y E dot com. They can also go on Amazon and get it there.
0: Very good, Danita and Danae Bai, Thanks for being an eye work friend this afternoon. Really appreciate your wisdom and your words.
3: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy your time in Branson, Missouri. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.